everybody to another Broken and Blessed episode. I am Adam and with me as always my partner in crime, James. Hello. Good morning. Greetings. Konnichiwa. Salutations, my friend. I'm trying to learn a new language. Uh, <laughs> you you're a little bi- I have no idea what it was. Feeling sure. very bilingual today, are we? <laughs> well, I don't know what you just called me, but no, anyway. no. <laughs> yeah. I always love using that line. You know, it throws people off. Yeah. Uh, well, good stuff, man. Good morning. Good, good morning. Good morning. How you doing? Man, uh, far more blessed than I deserved, I tell you what. Amen to that, brother. Amen. Listen, we got a pretty exciting show uh, for the folks today. We got uh, our first guest. For our, our first guest. First I mean, guest there, on the we, show. When you edit this, can you put music into this yeah. portion? Like, like oh, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Someone actually listens to our show and wanted to come yeah, on. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. And agreed to come on too. They're like, listen. Did you mail the check to him yet? Uh no, but I'll edit okay, that good. part out. Yeah, good. that's good. fine. It's in the that's mail. fine. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> makes me feel better about myself. <laughs> anyway, listen, why don't uh why don't you tell everybody who we got on and what we can expect today? Yeah, absolutely. So uh the, the gentleman that's gonna uh, join us, um I met uh through my wife's course. Uh, she's going through uh, the Masters of Law for military uh, military law up here in Charlottesville, and I got an opportunity to meet a gentleman. His name's Cal Walters, and he's doing, to me, uh, listen, I- I'll tell you like it is, he's doing amazing things. And, and I know that, and not just from meeting him, but from the, the validation, not that I was looking for validation, but through talking to other people, I've heard his name. And it's like, wow, I know this guy, I've met him. And then you just start putting pieces of puzzles together. And it's like, wow, I'm glad I'm a better man for knowing this guy. So, hey, listen, Cal Walters is joining us. He does a, his own podcast. He has amazing people on and and he's blessing us today uh, to to share his insight of faith and, and leadership. So uh, I won't talk more about him. I'm probably doing my bigger injustice by running my jibs so i'll i'll uh can we can we i don't know how to yeah. do this do we bring them on cal, cal are you there i'm here i'm how here you, how you doing buddy i'm doing great i'm well, doing great i'm honored to be here thank you guys for having me on well thank you for taking time out of your out of your day to uh spend some time with us and our listeners seriously man thank you Oh, it's so much fun. I, I've listened to several of your episodes. I love what I'm, you guys are doing. I'm sorry. I love having, you know, <laughs> well, it's been great. It really has. And I think that the cool thing is you guys bring, uh, you're two, two great guys, but you're also humble, you're funny, and you're also talking about your faith in a way that's honest and real. And we, and I think that's much needed out there. So I appreciate that. Can you repeat the, that I'm funny part so I can play that for my (laughs) wife. I'm going to, what I'll do is I'll just just copy that that and just put that on a loop. A loop. Yeah. You guys are funny. You You guys are funny. funny. (laughs) Like, listen, I didn't say it. I got your back, James. You let me know what I need to say. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I'm going to hold up. See, no one can see what we're doing. I'm going to hold up cue cards. And then you'll be like, James is a beautiful bearded man. Yeah. Like, who said that? But For $10, say this. $10, so you know, yeah, I'll wait the money. I got nice. you, man. You're going to have to repay the favor, though. That's all. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Ab- whatever you need, bro. I mean, listen, hey, it's your daughter's birthday tomorrow. I could dress like a clown and zoom in. Whatever yeah. you need. I'm here that for would, you. That would be awesome. Santa Claus. I mean, I'm, Santa, sure, you've, yeah. I'm sure you've done Santa Claus before. <laughs> I, you know, uh, what um, the guy who, uh, Ernest Hemingway, I get Ernest Hemingway. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Very a young, distinguished. Very yeah. distinguished. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
<laughs> so, but Cal, hey man, listen, um, you know, before I just go off on my 14 year old <laughs> tangents and ramble, man, uh, you know, I, I've read your, your website, your, your blogs on the, the different topics. I've listened to your podcast, but man, tell us, tell us, uh, you know, I, I mean, this sound, I don't want to sound silly with it, but you know, there, there's people see who Cal Walters is on your website and listen, but man, kind of give us that behind the curtain, Cal Walters, of why you started doing this. I mean, you obviously, you obviously saw, thought there was a need for this and, and you persevered. So talk to us about that. Yeah. So <clears throat> I started the podcast. Uh, it's crazy. It's been about 10 months ago. And, you know, I was, I was, I had this long commute. I was commuting uh, 45 minutes one way. So an hour and a half every day I was in the car and I was listening to a lot of podcasts, a lot of books. And I got this desire in my heart. I was like, you know what? I want to do a podcast. I want to maybe expand my influence outside of the people that I see every day. But then of course, anytime you have, at least for me, anytime I have those kind of ideas, I immediately get hit with, you're not good enough you know, fear of failure, imposter syndrome. Why would anyone want to listen to you? What do you have to offer? And so I kind of filed that in the back of my mind, like, okay, you know, maybe not for me. And then over time I started thinking about, I was like, okay, you know, maybe if I lowered my expectations and said, maybe if I could just impact one person, you know, maybe if this <laughs> one person will listen, that it'll be worth it. Yeah. And I kept thinking about it and kept thinking about it. And then it, you know, eventually it became one of those things that was like one of Cal's good ideas that he never actually follows through on. And like, you know, I've had things in the past, like, oh, I want to write a book. I want to start a business. I want to do this or that. And it kind of hit me one day. I was like, you know, I make these promises to myself, but then I don't follow through on them. And I even got to the point where I was like, I think my wife is just like not even taking me seriously when I mentioned like, oh, I want to do this or that. And so I was like, you know, if I don't do this, I'm going to be breaking another promise to myself. And if I keep doing that long enough, I'm not even going to believe in myself. So ended up one day I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. I'm going to pray about it. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to put it out there. Maybe no one will listen, but hopefully just one person will be impacted by it. And, you know, I think that's been cool. And I've been really just praying that God use it in a small way or big way to, to help people, I guess, learn from my many mistakes, because I've got a lot of them, uh, learn from some of my experiences, learn from what I'm reading. Uh, and the great thing about podcasts, um, as you guys know, is you don't have to listen. Like you can, you, you, it's completely voluntary, right? You tune in, tune yeah. out. I'm not, I'm not pushing it on anyone. Um, but it's been a really cool journey. And thankfully, I think through God's grace, uh, it seems to me that at least uh, more than one person, which was my original goal, has been impacted. And, uh, and I've learned more than anyone, I think, just by doing it. So it's been fun. Well, you know, I, I kind of two points that I get from, from hearing you talk is, you know what, you, you gave it to God. Say, like, God, hey, listen, if, if this is what you want, then, then give me the motivation, give me, give me the desire, give me the venue, open those doors. So you gave it to him, you trusted him with this, uh, and he set you on a course. Uh, but then you recognize it is through the grace of God that, that this is, we're even capable of doing these things. So man, my, my hat's off to you for being a man of faith, um, for, for trusting in God, and and what what I've seen through your through your website, your podcast, your interviews, this isn't about Cal Walters. This is about Cal Walters talking to other people, getting their insight, which a inevitably makes you a better man, yeah, but it gets yeah. their message out as well. 
that someone may have not have heard it if it weren't for Cal Walters listening to what God wanted him to do. Mm. That yeah. to me, that's amazing. Well, because that's really kind to say that. No, I appreciate that. No, absolutely. Because you know what? If if you didn't if you didn't enter uh, interview, um, uh, uh, what? Uh, sorry, I'm I'm drawing a blank. Uh, Pat. Um, why am I drawing a blank on this? Um, but it, uh, the the Daddy Saturday. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Justin Bat. Yeah, Justin Bat. Justin Bat. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, but but going and and talking to him, man, it made me take a step back mm. and realize I'm not being a good dad. I'm I'm living for myself, and my needs are more important than my children's needs. And here they are crying out for me, and I'm not hearing it. Thank you for putting that up. Mm. Thank you for, for talking to us men of saying, hey, listen, man, we're going to call a spade a spade here. You're doing a bad job. Yeah. Listen to this. And I took a step back, and, man, I ate some humble pie and realized my, my two children need a better dad. I'll be yeah. honest with you. They need yeah. a better dad. And, it, I'm, hey, listen, if I don't step up, they're going to find some other figure to replace me. Yeah. And James, that's the exact, when I read his book, that was the exact same conviction I had was I am not doing enough. I mean, there's no, apart from, I guess, being a, a spouse, there's no greater obligation I have right now than to be present. And I, one of the, his points that he makes in the book, which I thought is powerful, you know, he talks about fatherlessness as this thing, you know, without children, without a father, that's what we probably all think about. But how many children are out there with fathers that are physically present Mm -hmm. but are absent mentally and emotionally. Yeah. They're sitting there just staring at their phones. And it, it convicted me. And then he also gave me the tools to go and try, because it's one thing to know something, and that's what I've learned yeah. throughout this podcast. I, I have gained a lot of knowledge, but it's another thing to do something with the knowledge. And I, you know, for me, and kind of going back to your point, it has to be this daily dying to myself. That is probably something I pray more than ever is God, I, I pray that you increase and I may decrease. I pray that I can just die to myself today and be used by you because every morning my selfishness creeps back in my desire for, you know, whatever those negative things that send creeps in. And it's just a mat. Like whenever I ask someone asks me, Hey, what Cal, what can I pray for you about? I say this, will you just please pray that God would be first? Cause I think mm -hmm. when God is first, everything else just seems to kind of flow from that. It's in its right place, yeah, you know, it it's like Amen. I can tell you a thousand different things that I want, but just, it just, please help me put God first. And I really truly believe that I'm going to be living my best life because I'm going to be living in, in line with my purpose of what God has called me to live. Amen to that brother, man. Yeah. That's, that's, deep. I, you, you know, at the end of the day, no matter what, what you're dealing with, if it's being a father, a husband, a, a, a human being, whatever that means. Um, you know, I, I look at this as what if God was absent? What if God was a, a, a fatherless heavenly father, mm. man. And we think about times of our own lives of saying, you know what, uh, man, a lot of times we're absent children. Yeah. What if God was an absent heavenly father? Mm. What if he was there 
but he was concerned about other things. I was talking to a buddy of mine the other day and he, he was talking about our podcast and, and I told him why I'm doing this because you know what? I, I, I first and foremost believe in the great commission, man, Matthew 28, go out and make disciples of Christ. Don't be ashamed of your faith. Talk about it any way you can talk about it. And he said, you know, that's just not for me. And though I, I sympathize with them, but I said, my, my response was, what if God just said, you know what? That's just not for me. Hmm. I love you, but that just ain't for me. You know, like we would all be distraught because <laughs> yeah. I know where I'd be going if God wasn't a merciful, loving, gracious God. I mean, especially what you're saying right there, James, too, especially this week, you know, on Easter. I don't know when this will be released, but, yeah. you know, as we're as we're reflecting on Jesus and all the pain that he suffered, all the, you know, and, and we know, I mean, his power, He at any point he could have said, that's not for me. Yeah. At any point he said, you know what, God, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. But he did it. Endured it. He endured it. And I, and I think, you know, we could pull thousands of lessons from, you know, that one moment. One thing I think about is when I go back to parenting uh, and something Justin Bat told me is so often we don't feel like doing things. You know, sometimes I'll be honest, I don't feel like engaging my daughter. I would much rather go watch a movie or I'd rather, you know, just go veg out on my phone or and it's, it's not right to feel that way, but it is, if I'm being honest, sometimes I don't feel like it, but feelings follow behaviors. Just like, I don't want to go for a run. When I go out and run all of a sudden, sometimes, not always, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I'm like, you know what? I like running. Yeah. I'm sure Liz probably, you know, she probably always feels like running, always. but, um, but you know, I think as an example, and then the same is true with engaging my, my daughter. I don't feel, I don't always feel like it, but when I do all of a sudden, I'm, I'm so thankful I did. I'm so thankful I'm outside playing with a kite and just spending time with her and I'm not on my phone. So I think, uh, I guess going back to, you know, Jesus probably didn't always feel like doing the things that he did. He was, you know, he had that element to him of human. Uh, but I think we can pull from that of like doing the things that we know are right, even when we don't feel like doing them. Huge. It, it definitely got me thinking about, you know, I was a single father for 15 years. And, and I looked forward to coming home or, or picking up my son from school or something like that. It was almost like I was codependent on him. It was almost like I relied on him more than he kind of relied on me. It was almost like like I was the kid, although he's, yeah. you know, at the time was, you know, three all the way to, you know, 15. It was it was kind of like, like, hey, dude, what do you want to do? Uh, I don't know. You're the dad, you know, <laughs> you know, what I, you know what I mean? But the, I, I think back at it too. And there was, there was times and I, and I think the times were right around where he started becoming a teenager. And if, if you guys have teenagers or, or when you have become teenagers or uh, when your kids become teenagers, you, you'll see that they start turning into that thing of like, Oh, they try to keep a distance, not hanging out with parents are cool and, and stuff like that. Like, you know, what do you do? My situation right now, I always, you know, my son goes to a private school in Arizona and I commute back and forth and I, I've always felt guilty for moving him in with my, my parents. And this is no big secret. I've said this on a lot of interviews that my, my son lives with my parents right now because I travel trying to grow the business. And, and that was, as, you know, our job as, as parents is to, to keep our kids in a stable position, right? That you and, and provide for them and try to give them a life better than what we had, right? To a point, 
right? And uh, I, I've always felt guilty that I moved him in with them because I'm not physically there 24-7. And I think I realized later on that as he's, you know, a junior getting ready to start his senior year next year, hopefully, that, that, that um, not being there, I think, has made him stronger and has prepared him a little bit more. I mean, I talked to him on FaceTime. We do, you know, uh, FaceTime probably two, three times a week. Um, <clears throat> and and I think what's gotten me through all of that is my faith in God and, and Allah. And, and more importantly, I think, you know, I people say, well, how do you make that decision? How could you make that decision to not have your child with you? First off, any decision that needs to be made, the buck stops here, first and foremost. But that particular decision, that didn't, that wasn't my decision. That was from up above. That was God telling me that that was the decision that had to be made on that. And, and I guess I say all this because we were talking about parenting and, and, and whatnot and kind of our, our faith with, with everything. Um, on it. And I, I don't know, do you, do you guys... And I know you guys have younger younger kids. I believe Cal, yours are a little bit younger. I believe uh, as well. James, I know you're. There. Do you guys feel that same way uh, when you're spending time with your kids? And, and Cal, you mentioned it. Like sometimes you don't necessarily feel like you want to you want to be present there. The only time I, I I would say there's times where I definitely don't want to be present is when he talks back or when he. <laughs> or, <laughs> Or starts acting up, or just completely ignores me. I, I don't know. Maybe that's just me. I kind of went no, on a I, tangent there, but it was you know. Yeah, I for me, um, I find that I struggle when I have my own agenda. You know, I kind of wake up and it's like there's things I want to do. Like I want to just a number of different examples. Sometimes it's working on the podcast. Like I want to do certain things, and then there's my especially now where my daughter's at home all the time, and then there's my daughter and. I have this choice between do I engage her or do I just put on a, you know, TV show and, uh, and I've certainly done that. Um, and I, so I think for me, the, the reason I don't necessarily feel like engaging her is normally because I've got things that I want to do or other, you know, just other thing. And then, but in that moment when I do engage her, man, it's special. And I'm so thankful I did. Uh, I'm so thankful we got outside and started to play or I'm so thankful I just stopped and just talked with her or drew with her. Um, I guess just for parents, sometimes those aren't the most exciting things in our world initially, but then once we start doing it, it's like, man, there's nothing I'd rather be doing. And I think sometimes we forget how little time we have with our kids. And we we minimalize Hmm. their activities because they're a child and we put them in comparison to our activities and somehow we think our activities are more important but like i said drawing with her uh coloring just interacting with them to them that's monumental and it's so formative that that if we look at it and we compare it to our activities we're missing the mark yeah yeah uh i i was told a long time ago when when samuel was born um listen children love to play but playing is their work so don't minimize them playing. Let them play. They're figuring things out. They're they're structuring their own habits. Yeah. So you got to let them play. Encourage them to play because just as we go to work, they go to play. That's their life. Yeah. 
So if we tell them to stop playing around, stop doing this, well, then you're telling them to not be themselves. So I, I think a lot of times we have to take a step back and just that, stop thinking we're so dang important. Yeah. I, I mean, I someone told me it's, you know, like a Hallmark card, but, you know, kids truly do spell love or they say love time. Time equals love to kids. I really believe yeah. that. Um, and sometimes, you should write you should make a Hallmark card. Yeah, that's, that sounds like a Hallmark card right there. <laughs> but I really, awesome. you know, I try to remind myself of that is that I could tell my daughter I love her all day long. Yeah. But how much time did I really spend with her today? You know, if that were any other person in, a, in any other relationship, that an adult, would they say that our time was quality time? If, they, if she could use those words, would she be able to say, you know what? My time today with my dad was quality time where yeah. he was present. Mm. Obviously, they don't use those words. They're, you know, yeah. my daughter's five, um, but one day she will. One yeah. day she'll look back and she'll reflect on time with dad. And I hope um, she'll say, you know what, my dad was always, uh, or at least most of the time, he was there. I just he was always there. He was always present. He would always do. I remember when I think back on my dad. I was a, <laughs> I went through a period of time where I was a skater. Um, nice. I want to see yeah. pictures of that. Yeah, <laughs> I was yeah. a rollerblader, so not a real oh, skater. Um, okay. But I had, you know, the Jinkos and everything. We'd go around and, and uh, you know, skate on handrails and churches would kick us off and all this stuff. I was, you know, bad kid. Um, but my dad would drive me around to these different handrails and skate parks. And that was just, I, I, and I think back on it, I'm like, man, my dad probably had no interest in skating. Yeah. But he loved me enough to be into whatever I was into. He was interested in you. Yeah. Wow. Um Hey, Cal, just kind of, uh, can I peel an onion back a little here? Can you yeah, tell man. us uh, when when you came to know Jesus Christ? Yeah, sure, man. So, um, so my parents uh, got divorced when I was about four, and they both remarried to other people when I was about five or six. Um, and they're all wonderful people. My parents are awesome. My my step parents are great. But I didn't really grow up in a in a home that I would say was living in a relationship with Jesus. You know, it was like culturally what we did. We went to church on Sundays. We taught, we celebrated Easter, all these things, but I never felt that that was a real thing that we lived in our, you know, six other days of the week. Um, and then I, when I was about seventh grade, my, my stepdad, who was an Episcopal priest, got a church up in North Carolina. So we were going to be moving from South Carolina, to North Carolina. And um, when we were moving, my I wanted to stay home in South Carolina. My dad said there was this huge custody battle that took place over about a year. And that was just traumatic for me as a kid. So I eventually decided to go with my mom to North Carolina. And so I was in eighth grade. and I started to make friends. Uh, most of my friends were older, about a year to two years older than me. And they were doing things that, and of course, they were in ninth grade. So they were doing things like, you know, getting into alcohol, starting to experiment with drugs, you know, mess around with girls. And I'm in eighth grade wanting to be cool. And so one day in eighth grade, I ended up buying some marijuana from another person at school. And uh, that weekend, I was kind of going back and forth with a guy on the bus on the way home from school on that Friday and ended up smoking marijuana. I think on that Saturday, got into a fight. I remember being in this small town in North Carolina, kind of running in and out of backyards, like trying to kind of stay away from the cops because I thought they were trying to find me after I got in this fight. Went back to school on Monday. Keep in mind, this was eighth grade. And I sit down with the principal and the school resource officer says to me, Cal, we know you had marijuana at school. 
and I'm just going to give you a chance to come forward and tell us what happened. Well, of course, I didn't have any legal training at the time. I didn't know I had the <laughs> right to remain silent. <laughs> Here I am, this eighth grade kid. So I just told him everything. I told him, you know, of course, I had marijuana at school. I bought it from this guy. And he proceeds to tell me, okay, Cal, well, you're going to be suspended for the first semester of your ninth grade year. Let's call your parents. And of course, my mom thought I was this angel. My stepdad was running this, uh, the biggest church in that little small town. So everyone was embarrassed. I was embarrassed. I was at the lowest point of my life. And we had to figure things out. So what are you going to do for school for the first semester of your ninth grade year? Are you ever going to get to go to college? And so I remember going to this youth event. It was probably two weeks after that. We went to this event where this individual was speaking. His name's Daryl Scott. Daryl Scott is the father of Rachel Scott. And Rachel Scott was killed in Columbine. And Daryl, of course, he's just traumatized from having lost his daughter. But he's telling her story and he's telling her testimony. And I don't know if you've ever read or learned about Rachel Scott, but her story, she's the one who, one of the shooters at Columbine pointed the weapon at her and told her, all you have to do is renounce Jesus and you'll live. And she said, no. She said, I can't do that. Wow. Oh. And so her, her story, but it's not just that. She has this incredible story of how she tr had a true relationship with Jesus. She loved people. Everything she did was about her relationship with Jesus. She has these incredible journal entries kind of thinking that, you know, she might actually die. And then, of course, in Columbine, she ends up getting killed. But that night, I experienced Jesus in a way I'd never experienced before. I ended up committing my life to Christ that night. I had a girl who was in the youth group who um, I had a crush on and she invited me after that to come over and read the Bible. And I was like, of course, like I had this crush on this girl. Um, so I came over and I ended up, I thought I was going to be spending time with this girl. I ended up falling in love with the scriptures. I ended up for the first, this was my first time probably ever for my, for my own self, reading the Bible, reading about Jesus, reading about, uh, you know, the words of Paul. And so my whole high school experience was completely transformed. I ended up finishing up that first semester of my eighth grade year. I ended up joining the football team uh, early, getting on the varsity team early, ended up being the student body president, doing all these things. Ended up obviously going to college. But I mean, this, this, this experience completely transformed me. And my life from that moment, or at least my mission, completely changed. Now uh, it's all about spreading the gospel. It's all about sharing with others the good news of Jesus, loving people. Of course, I have been far from perfect, uh, but my mission has completely changed ever since that, that moment where I came to know Jesus uh, in eighth grade. So let's go back to the thing where you said you were going to write a book. Have you started that? Because <laughs> I want to read the book, man. Oh man, um, dude. Well, well let's, you know. let's stop procrastinating on that one. Um, <laughs> man, that's, I see, I see grace. Hmm. I see grace. You know, um, you had a choice uh, to accept the love of Christ and, and accept that transformation. And what an amazing story, man. What, a, you know, yeah. what I like about everything we've, we've talked about and what Adam and I talked about on other shows, if someone's listening to this with us being honest, you know, a lot of people would still be kind of embarrassed and ashamed to say, you know, Hey, uh, bought a bag of weed and I got suspended from school. But you see that you see that as the love of God of yeah. saying, Hey, listen, man, we're, we're all sinners. You know, you use Paul as a reference. I love using Paul as a reference because you know what, if God uses Paul yeah. 
God could use me, brother. You know, here's a guy that went and killed Christians for a living and, and, and became the biggest advocate for Christ. Um, and only met him after he was resurrected, you know? So, uh, but then I think about what you talk about of, listen, if I only touch one person's life and I think about Stephen who Paul saw, you know, he saw Stephen and Stephen carried out his mission. Stephen was a faithful servant, but if Stephen didn't do it, he did. Paul would have never experienced what he experienced. So Stephen was diligent in affecting one guy. Yeah. Who, who, who carried out now got granted God would have used, you know, uh, some other guy, but that was, that was his mission. Like you said, you accepted your new mission. And to me, man, you know, Hey, social distancing hug, high yeah. five, man, <laughs> that was, that was beautiful. It really was beautiful, man, because I know someone's listening or is going to listen to this. I'll tell you, I'm moved by it. Very, but someone's going to hear your words and they're going to be like, man, thank you, Cal, for being honest and telling me that if I get to know Jesus Christ and build a relationship with him, my life will transform. Thank you, brother. That to me is amazing. Well, you know, it's not it's not my story. You know, it's it's a story that obviously God gave to me. And I, and I think a lot of people think they have to be perfect before they come to Jesus. You know, and I think that's the lesson that I learned is that in my moment where I felt the least perfect, uh, in my moment where I was at my lowest of lows, and it doesn't have to be your lowest of lows. I mean, right. Jesus takes us as we are. And I think that's the beauty of it. And I think as the church, we, we don't always do the best job um, of inviting people in, you know, just as they are. I think sometimes we, we, we start, we start with behavior change. We're like, Hey, you need to change your life. Yeah. Oh, and then come to Jesus. But yeah. I think that's, that's the opposite. Jesus's relationship with you will inevitably start to change your life. And it's not going to get easier. I mean, I think there's also that problem too. It doesn't necessarily mean it's going to get easier, but it will be more purpose-filled. Um, and I think uh, what gives me courage is, I guess, the simplicity of the, the mission that Jesus gave us, just to go and love him, love others, make disciples, you know, yeah. share, bring other people to him. You know, so if anyone's out there listening, you know, I would just encourage you, don't worry about being perfect. Jesus is the one who's perfect and he allows us through his grace to be made new, to truly be made new, to be transformed uh, because of what he did this day, you know, and the resurrection. Um, so it's not about us, but it's certainly uh, all about him. Love it. Man, I, I don't know where we're on. Are, how much time do we have, Adam? We got it's our show. We got much time. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. I read the FCC. Uh, yeah. yeah so, um, <laughs> hey, uh, and and I I I hope I'm not uh, stealing questions here, Adam. I, nope. I, I I have a burning question, and it's kind of a two part question. Is Cal? Who have you interviewed that has been like the most interesting person you've interviewed? Oh, yeah. And the second question would be, man, if you could sit down with anyone. Who would it be? Well, you know who I would say for number two. Let me go. <laughs> oh man! So so far, the most interesting person, um, the first person that comes to mind is someone that I, I'm actually releasing on Tuesday, um, and it's this uh, former fighter pilot uh, turned CEO of a global consulting firm slash cancer survivor, stage four cancer survivor and best-selling author. And um, I mean, it, it's, it's like his story 
the, the, the interviews focused more on his surviving cancer, stage four cancer and what that, how that changed his life. And it's just a powerful story to begin with. His son actually had a mass in his lungs at the same time he's finding out that he has cancer. It's crazy. I don't know how his wife went through it, but then he tells the story about like, how does he live differently now having survived cancer? And it's really powerful and it really made me think about am i am i doing enough am i am i living too safely and that was his big takeaway is he was he was up there flying upside down in an f-15 but he felt completely safe because that's what he'd been doing his whole life probably like you james like flying you know most of us getting in a helicopter and flying is probably really scary but for you it's probably like well within your comfort zone <laughs> You should be scared if you were flying in a helicopter with me. <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing up there. Um, but for him, so he, that was his commitment was I'm going to get outside my comfort zone. And that encourages me to not live a safe life. I think so many of us live lives that are safe out of fear. And that's, that's completely understandable. Uh, I think God calls us into something bigger than that. I think he wants us to if our if our goals and plans aren't you know big enough that they scare us then they're probably not big enough because i think god really wants us to live big lives for him mm -hmm. i mean it's not it's not about for us but i do think he calls us to be courageous and to walk out into our fear um i think the person i would love to i think i would love to interview someone like a mother Teresa. um you know, I, when I think about a, a well, a, a purposeful life, I think about a life given away, right? A life, no one at their end of their, and then their funeral wants to get up there and talk about how much money they had or, you know, all the incredible cars they had, you know, it's about a life given away. And when I think about someone who truly gave away their life, I think about someone like mother Teresa who spent every waking moment loving on other people. Um, and I think to the extent that I can do that in small ways, I, I would love to do that. So I just love to learn from her, like what sustained her through that? How did she, um, you know, maintain her passion over so many years after seeing so much challenge and difficulty? I think that would be really cool. Yeah. You know, I, I, I read a quote once now, got, I read it off the internet. So who knows? Like oh, it's gotta Abraham be true. Lincoln's <laughs> quote, don't trust everything you read on the internet, but Abraham Lincoln, but mother Teresa said though, she's, she's like, you know, God's only going to give you what he knows you could handle. I wish he didn't think I could handle so much. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yes. <laughs> um, now if she said that or not, I don't know. It's a great quote. I'll yeah. give credit where credit's due. And yeah. what I read off of Google it said, she said it, but that that's true though. You know, just God, listen, God's going to pack it on. If you're willing to follow, you're willing to trust him. He's going to, he's going to take care of you. Yeah. You know I mean? And then, you know, it was a great point you said a lot of times, you know, and Adam and I've had this conversation where we've come to know God and it's been in probably our lowest of lows and our darkest hours. But you know, God's willing to take you prior to ever getting there. <laughs> yeah. You right. know, he wants exactly. those are and to me sometimes those are the best stories because that yeah. was a person who realized far quicker than my knucklehead self right. ever did. They yeah. said, you know what, this is probably a bad road to go down. <laughs> I'm gonna trust Jesus and go this mm -hmm. way. And as a society, we tend not to praise those guys or lift yeah. them up. Right. And we, we tend to like, well, you had it easy. No, that person yeah. was smart. Yeah. Because uh, they didn't have to get hit by the two by four. And they didn't uh, have to be, you know, crying themselves to sleep for days on end. Right. Uh, yeah. To me, 
those are beautiful stories because I would not wish my my faithlessness on anybody, hmm. my 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 ignorance and my 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 stupidity on anybody. I would not wish that. I don't. I uh, my you know my children. I'm like, listen. I don't want to take fun away from you guys. I just don't want you to go down the road I did because there was a lot of hard lessons that I just I would hate to. Oh, God, I I don't want to see you cry. I don't want to see you hurt. Yeah. No, I think, I think too, I think that's a great point, James. And I think also some people think about it only in terms of heaven or hell, you know, like it's, but I think there's so much in this world that God wants to do through us oh, yeah. that there's no, you know, there's sometimes I think there's this mentality of, well, I'll just kind of live it up. And then, you know, towards the end of my life, I'll kind of come back to this idea of Jesus that I maybe learned about as a kid. But we miss, I think, that opportunity to live that abundant life here on earth. And I think an abundant life is not a life where you necessarily have a ton of possessions. It's where you're living in line with your God-given purpose. And I think there's nothing more fulfilling than that. Yeah. And the longer we delay that by just kind of doing whatever we want to do, I think is an opportunity. We're missing out. Yeah, it's an opportunity life. lost. You know, we, we've talked about we've talked about broken. And why, why did people ask, hey, why did you choose broken and blessed? Um, and, and I think as an American society and modern civilization, we really confuse the word blessed with the way the context yes. of Christ. And, and even early on, if you go back to where, uh, you know, Abraham and God blessed Abraham and it, it's not the Rolls Royce, it's not the mansion that those aren't blessings. The blessing is living a purposeful life knowing that you were exalting God yeah. and fulfilling God's promise as, as a child of God, uh, it, you know, uh, I'm going to, I'd love to share something real quick. One of the biggest blessings, and I've had a lot of blessings and blessings that they're, they're, they're not material things, but as a baseball chaplain um, in the dugout last season, uh, a, a young man uh, gave his life to Christ, him and I, tears in my eyes tears of joy of seeing this young man give his life to Christ. One of the biggest blessings you couldn't give me $15 million to take away that memory, to take away that, that opportunity to share Christ with this young man. And this guy, I mean, he had guns on him, man. I mean, just huge arms. And I mean, he was Jack dude. And like, this is a guy like, I want to live your life, bro. You're awesome. You're cool. But man, in the most humble way, here's this guy who broke down and in his words, I felt God pursuing me this last year. Here's a guy who's going to make millions. It didn't mean anything to him. What meant everything to him was the love of God and knowing that Jesus Christ was his savior. That's a blessing. That's being blessed. Sorry. I love that. True. True. That's so true. Gentlemen, we are up on time uh, right now. Uh, Cal, I want to say thank you uh, so much uh, for, t again, taking time to to coming out uh, on the show and talking with us and our listeners uh, today. I love what you do. We're going to make sure we have uh, – real quick, um, why don't you let the listeners know where they can hear your podcast? Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, thanks. I've really loved being here today. Uh, it's been an honor to, to join you, gentlemen. Uh, my podcast is called Intentional Living and Leadership. I know it's a mouthful, <laughs> um, but you can find it on all the different podcast uh, platforms, Apple Podcasts, 
uh, Google Podcasts, Spotify. The best way to find it is just go to my website, which is just calwaltersmyname.me, just calwalters.me. And, and there you can find all the episodes and you can click on the different platforms there. Awesome. Awesome. James? Cal, we, we end uh, we end our our message with with a verse. And, and I would like to give you the honor, if you have a verse that's maybe your go-to verse that you could share with our listeners um, or, you know, a verse that maybe you read this morning or whatever. But if, if you do us that honor, we would love for you to end our show with uh, your verse. Man, that's a, um, well, I appreciate that. Um, there are a lot of verses that I, I kind of come back to uh, a lot. Uh, in different moments, you know, one of them is do not be anxious for anything, uh, but be, um, you know, through prayer and petition, give your requests unto God and the, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And I think that's a special verse right now for all of us. It's a special verse that my wife and I come back to a lot. It's just this idea of don't be, I mean, and I'm not talking about a mental health, you know, we, we have people in my family that have struggled with like true anxiety. Um, but I think we all, can struggle with anxiety in a way that just like we're, we're relying too much on ourselves. And so that's a powerful one for me that I go back to a lot is just don't be anxious for anything, but through prayer, and it's cool, I think the prayer and petition with Thanksgiving, which is with gratitude, present your requests unto God. And I think what we're all looking for is peace. And in that verse, God promises peace uh, that surpasses all human understanding. So it's not something of this world, it's something that only God can give. So that's probably a verse that uh, really comes to mind, especially with what we're going through right now. That's perfect. I'm into that, brother. That was perfect. That was, yeah. Love it. Cal, thank you so much. Thank you, Cal. Oh, man, my pleasure. Uh, folks, that's all the time that we have. James, do you want, uh, last word, any, any parting words before we go? No, I, I, I love everybody out there. Cal, thank you again for showing up. And man, if anyone needs anything from us, reach out to us, brokenblessed2020 gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Um, thank you guys. Thank, thank, you know, just peace be with you. Absolutely. Folks, that's all the time we have today. Thank you for listening to Broken and Blessed. Until next time, we'll see you on the other side.